All right, I hit record. And three, two, one. All right, Shane, go ahead and kick us off, man. Welcome back to our little podcast here. Our sponsor of the day, Unpaid, is Bravado Spice Company, made by my homeboy, old homeboy, James. Uh, My favorite Bravado Spice is Crimson Hot Sauce. It's good on eggs. It's good on pho. It's good in tacos. It's good in chili. It's good on everything. I would drink it with a straw. It's amazing. And our word of the day is viscous defined by the interweb as having a thick, sticky consistency between solid and liquid, having a high viscosity. Mm. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Hold On, I'm Almost There, a show about life's little annoyances, personal growth, dad life, and so much more with your hosts, Frank and Shane, a.k.a. Grassle. What, what? Have a seat, do them chores, or twist a wrench while we dive down the rabbit hole. We're sorry, the number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Close the damn door, man. You're letting all the Wi-Fi out. <laughs> all right. Today's guest is a great friend to me, a friend to animals, and is pretty much unpassionate about everything. His latest quote is, the amazing doesn't happen that often. Please welcome Joseph Tran. Hello, what's up? Josephine. It's good to be here. It's good talking to y'all. Awesome. So today's topics include what type of music influenced you most growing up in Houston? Would you ever want to meet your childhood hero? Why or why not? Would you, what would you God dog it? What would you tell yourself? If you time traveled back to your 20s, we're going to go into a a couple of tattoos that these guys have. I don't have any tattoos, but Joseph and James have a couple. I'm a cheapskate. Yeah, we're in. That's fine. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I blow my money on food that I can't eat. There you go. But uh, yeah, man, let's uh, dive right in. All right. What was that first topic again there, uh, Francois? What type of music influenced you most growing up in Houston? Well, I'll have to let you guys uh, answer that for the most part because I didn't get to grow up in Houston, even though I said it just like that to exclude you to exclude the white guy. That's fine. Yeah. Joseph, Uh, tell me about your musical background as a youth. As a youth in Houston. I didn't grow up in Houston either, actually. But what? Yeah, I grew up in Corpus Christi. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I moved here when I was 13, so I guess that's pretty much growing up, where growing up actually matters, kind of defining who you are, I guess. Um, so here in Houston. I mean, that's close enough to Houston. You might as well be in Yeah, Houston. Yeah. It's still part of the Gulf Coast. You're fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's always, it always depended, like, you know, on my age or at the time. You know, when I was really little – 
I kind of just listened. I favored music of the bands that I like their name. <laughs> so like I, my dad used to have like old Beatles and Eagles and Monkeys uh, cassette tapes. Oh, man. Um, I like the Eagles the best because that's obviously the best of the three. Actually, I guess the Monkeys okay, but I never really understood why anyone wanted to be a bug. Um, so I like the Eagles. Uh, and but I think like one of the biggest influences and in the things I listen to now would have to be it's so lame Vanilla Ice. What? Yeah, because wow. when I that's wow. like the first kind of music that I listened to that wasn't like my father's you know i was like probably like five or something it was my first uh cassette tape and i listened to, i've been listening to hip-hop ever since really um you know i listen to other stuff too but well it's, it's like the all main all because all of, vanilla of ice. the old vanilla ice ice baby was that before or okay so you're gonna go to back to ice ice baby i was gonna say was that before or after ninja turtles 2 where he was that dancing was, on that the was stage before. right like go ninja go ninja go yeah. i knew the whole yeah. uh song i knew the dance and stuff i love that movie. oh man super shredder oh my goodness so just a little background here so shane and i have worked with joseph for golly what about five six years seven years yeah um so we've all kind of worked together if not in the same building then at least on the same team i know joseph and i worked together on the same team i think shane was gone by then he had moved on to doing other dumb things corralling doctors or something you know, corralling patients baby That's corralling patients yeah so uh yeah so our our history is is pretty good it's it's got some uh it's got some peel on it so dang vanilla ice huh so you bought you bought a cassette tape i think my first CD was Debrat. Uh, yeah, and it was only because it was at the dollar store, and I was like, "Hey, I know that. I know that artist. I'm gonna buy that." Uh, yeah, and then that one song, "I Wish I Was a Little Bit Taller." I mean, that was always that was always on on my Walkman. That is absolutely the theme song to your movie, brother. It is. It is. It's got to be. Man, I can't, uh, I can't, uh, you guys sound so much cooler than I'm going to sound. Um, but, you know, in when I was a kid, I, I only listened to movie soundtracks until I got old enough, like junior high, high school. So I was listening to movie soundtracks. And once I got into junior high and high school, I heard this amazing band out of, uh, out of Ireland called U2. And I became a huge U2 fan um, in my youth. And it was a, it was different than everything else that was on the radio in my small town, like ACDC and Van Halen and and uh, you know just all the glam rock and hair hair butt metal rock. And uh, looking back on it, and they were an, a, a good band, but there was so much else out there. If I had expanded my horizons just a little bit, a lot of somber and sorrow coming out of that. Yeah, the, I was in a pathetic place. I did not. What like is that, it. Jacob Tree or whatever? The Henry tree? What is it? I don't know. The Henry tree. Yeah, it's the Henry tree. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Uh, yeah, bit, you know. A little bit of rattle and hum. <laughs> I was in the same boat with Joseph. I, I was forced to listen to a lot of the same things that my dad listened to, um, especially when I lived with my uncle. We listened to, like, a lot of those golden oldies. Um, 
and it, I loved it. Uh, back in the day in Houston, there was like uh, 94.5 was the oldie station here. And, you know, we were cleaning out the garage or doing something, riding around, whatever. And it was always on like those oldies of the doo-wop classic stuff. So it's, that's still the best kind of music. If oh, you- yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. It, it's odd to me now, though. I'll sit there and I'll listen to an oldie station driving down 45 and I'll hear, you know, Led Zeppelin or Credence or, you know, whoever, Stones. And then and then the next step is, um, you know, Stone Temple Pilots. And I'm like, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. Those things don't go together. Stone Temple Pilots was like 30 years later. It you know. was, man, but it's already 30 years old. I know, it's dumb. You no, know, it's crazy. It is super crazy. Uh, all right, well, I guess we've, we've beat that horse there. We're not very musically uh, gifted with what we were jamming out to. I, I, w- I will say, though, like I remember my introduction to grunge music. Uh, I, I hung out with um, this crazy white dude. His, what was his name? Um, he was on my baseball team. I think we were like in the fifth, yeah, maybe fifth or sixth grade. And he put on, uh, Green Day's Dookie. We were hanging out in his room. And I mean, that wasn't even grunge, you know? That right, was, right. That's like pseudo punk, man. That's yeah. Like well, after the grunge era. And I was like, what in the world is it? Like, I had never heard anything crazy like that. And uh, you know, he was like, oh, man, you like that? You know, he threw on some Nirvana, uh, Pearl Jam. I was like, what? And uh, I, I loved it. It was great. And um, my cousin that was older than me, like he was already into that stuff. But I, I had no idea. I guess he was like a closet, you know, uh, grunge person because we listened to like rap and um, rock and stuff like that. And well, man, when, when grunge came out, I was in, I was in high school and I was, I was thrilled because it was something different than, you know, Guns N' Roses and ACDC, which is all anybody listened to. Um, and it had a little bit of punk influence, but one of my homeboys was like, check this, this band out and put in this tape and it was Soundgarden. Oh man. Feeling Minnesota, baby. That, that would, that clicked it for me. And then not long after that, um nirvana really made waves pearl jam made waves there was kind of a a band called screaming trees that i really really dug Mm. they didn't get nearly as much airplay but they were pretty dope and then you know i thought grunge is gonna last forever this is the best i got my combat boots i got my (laughs) i'm growing my hair out and then like three years later it died and ska took over for like a summer Uh, right the checker shoes I did not have the checker shoes. No, the I mighty mighty boss tones. I could not afford that kind of stuff. I was in uh, by that point once Scott took over. I was in college and working three jobs, going to school. So uh, I just I I just bought whatever was at the thrift store. Ah, you're old. Yeah. So I had no idea. Um, this this one dude on Twitter, uh, he was like, "Man, if you like Alice in Chains, which I oh, do, yeah. I love Alice in Chains." He was like, "Check out Mad Season." Um, and oh man, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Did it you? was the one the one album. I think it was called uh, Above. It was it was good, and you can hear like the I guess 
I don't know if they were before or after Pearl Jam, but you could hear the influences uh, well, either way. It, it wasn't right. Mad Seasons like the guitarist of Alice in Chains and like yeah, yeah, like, lead singer. <clears throat> okay, the lead singer before he died. Okay, yeah, yeah, man, it was it was good stuff. I don't and, then, know. and then we got into you know at the in the same era, you know, you started getting Nine Inch Nails and and some of that industrial oh, rock. Yeah. It was pretty oh, good, you know. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, that was my first concert. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, and, really? Smashing uh, Pumpkins was my first concert, and it was awesome, and I almost got beat up by a bunch of guys that were moshing. <laughs> yeah, Smashing Pumpkins, I love them. They're good. Again, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, I was yeah. like, I was in middle school when they came out, and like Offspring. Oh, Offspring mm, was fun. Yeah. yeah. They, they were around for like three years. They were good. They, they were more of us. They were yeah. more like a like a like a pop punk that had some grunge influence just because that was the wave at the time. And you remember Bush? Yeah. Hey, let's get some British guys together and make grunge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sing, sing about Vaseline or what what the hell did they sing about? Yeah, it was Vaseline. It was like what? No, that was uh Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, that was Stone Temple Pilots. What was it yeah. that they were singing about? Uh, there was uh, it was always uh, like just some nonsense. It's uh, yeah. shocking that they're that they didn't do and whatever. So butterscotching that man. Butterscotching. Yeah. So if if you could go back, if you could time travel back to your twenties, what would you what would you tell yourself or or you know, would, would you try to would you change anything? In your early twenties. So Joseph, now Joseph, for you, like that's two years ago. So. Yeah. So two years ago, let's see what would I would have said. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, in the twenties, like superficially, I think most people are just going to go with like the uh, Back to the Future Biff. You know, sports betting. You know, it's easy. You know. Let you know what who won the Super Bowl, who won the World Series. Bet on that. Maybe buy some stocks. But Ooh. you know, but that's like you know. Yeah, but what basic, what, like, you know, what life advice would you give yourself so that you were in a better position now, or so that you had an easier time? Life advice, not really anything that would put me in a better position now. But in my early twenties, I probably would have told myself to like forget everything that I thought was important and spend all my time with my mom. Cause she passed away when I was in my early twenties. So like now, like I'm in my I'm 35, it's been almost 15 years since she passed. And like, I wouldn't, I could give up like everything just to be able to talk to her again, just to have her there, you know? And I would definitely, yeah, I would definitely tell myself that, you know, just spend all the time you can with her and get to know her, like, you know, talk to her. Cause like, I don't know when I was young, I was still in the little rebellious phase too, you know, fear of missing out. I still was like, Oh my God. And now I realize like, I don't really know my mom, like who she was as a person. You know, you kind of get into this thing where I guess it may be different for y'all cause y'all have kids, but I always just see my dad and my mom as like dad and mom. I forget that they were people too, you know, like, like I am now, you know, they were my age when they had me, you know, they were their own personalities and stuff. But once you have a family and stuff, you start giving, you know, a lot of yourself up for your family. It becomes like a whole unit thing. And you're just like, your identity is your family now. And I kind of realized like, I don't really know who she is, you know, like what she, 
like what made her her that kind of stuff so like i would definitely go back and tell myself that like get to know her talk to her spend as much time as you can tell her all the things that you never got a chance to or you always wanted to say but were too embarrassed or scared or whatever to say you know well that's heavy i i dig that man that's that's a that's a good message yeah so if we have loved ones out there tell them that tell them you love them you know for sure. Questions you always wanted to know about them before. I mean, we just, especially we now, did, you know, we just got the most, uh, the deepest dad's corner from the the first non dad we've had on this podcast. That yeah, was, yeah, that was yeah. I damn. got a dog. I mean, yeah, it's pretty similar, right? <laughs> it's yeah. the exact keep same. On, keep on telling Frank that he needed to crate train his kids. <laughs> it would be like, <laughs> so much easier, but. No one ever wants to listen to my advice because I don't have kids. What do I know? It's heavy duty. Nah, man, taking care of taking care of another life, man, is 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 hard. You got to take them to the doctor. Still, you, I mean, you got to feed them. Got to take them out. Make sure they don't pee on your carpet, and make sure they they don't bite your neighbors. That's exactly like your children. It <laughs> is. That's what I'm. Those are all the things I'm describing about my kid. Hey, Logan bit the neighbor. Frank, what would you go back and tell yourself in your 20s? Man, I probably would have told myself to, like, just get started. Because I think a lot of times I was afraid to get started because everything for me had to be just so. I had to have things a certain way. And I would get in my head before I got started and... It, it would be it would be a dumpster fire in my brain as I was thinking because I tried to mm. I always try to think things through and try to be a step mm. a step ahead or even just imagine what it would be like if I got started on something and then knowing that there was potential failure in it I I didn't want to start just so that I wouldn't fail and. Uh, I think for me learning over time that man without failure you can't you can't move forward it it's a necessity in order to grow and yeah I would just tell myself to stop being so afraid to to do more or to try to try things yeah that's pretty dope yeah what about you man well, I, I definitely would have told myself to start working out in my 20s. I didn't start working out until I was in my mid to late 30s. And uh, I, I definitely, that that's one thing, you know, having a healthier lifestyle than what I had in my 20s, I think would be a big part of my message to myself. But also, you know, stop caring about so much what other people think or what inside your head, stop living internally and try and live externally and, and recognize that you're a servant. Um, for others and, and live in that path. Damn. Yeah. Wow, man. So that kind of leads us into the very next topic. Um, would you, you know, everybody had a hero growing up. Uh, would you ever want to meet your childhood hero? Who was that person? And would you ever want to meet them? Um, if you did, why? And if you didn't, maybe why not? Right. Uh, for me, it was Michael Jordan growing up. I grew up in the Jordan era, so he was basically like king of everything during that time. 
um about meeting him i guess now that i'm older i really don't doesn't really make a difference like wouldn't change my life or anything and in any case he's probably an asshole so i'd probably like get my feelings hurt or something probably but cry. It'd be cool you know like hey i met jordan that's cool It'd be cooler if he like dunked on me or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, meeting him, that's cool, but getting dunked on by Jordan, that would be pretty sick. Especially yeah. if someone captured it in a picture and you could put that poster on the wall. Yeah. Getting right. Golly, man. <laughs> <laughs> getting dunked on by Jordan. What about you, Shane? You know, I'm trying to remember who my heroes were. I, I'm, you know, my dad was always my hero. I always looked up to him beyond anybody else. Um, but you know, when I was when I was you know really young, I, I Michael uh, J. Fox was my hero because he was a a short actor and I was always a, a short tiny guy, and he he made something of himself and he was comedically gifted. Um, I don't know that it would matter if I ever met him. Um, I don't know what that experience would be. He seems like a genuine down to earth guy, so that probably wouldn't have been too remarkable. Uh, sports wise, um, I always loved. Uh, Shaq, the Shaq Kobe Bryant era of the Lakers. If I can hang out with both of those guys for a minute and just listen to them talk basketball and 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 really absorb the the uh, X's and O's knowledge that they've got, that would be pretty dope. Um, yeah, but yeah, my dad was always my my biggest hero, and I met him every day growing up, and he scared the scared the pee out of me most of the time. Why? Did he like give you one of those flinch things where he's going to hit you or what? No, he's just a very intimidating person. He's very smart. He's very knowledgeable. He's very big. He's ex-military, ex, um, you know, working in the oil field. So he, he always had a very gruff personality, uh, but, a, but uh, a very complex mind, you know. So if you start talking to him about any topic, pretty much that I've ever found, he's already got... 15 levels deep into it before he ever opens his mouth about it. And so you're not going to say anything that's going to surpass or surprise anything he's going to say. He's going to teach you. Um, but yeah, he was always very large and very in charge. He's one, just one of those people that his presence makes other people either super comfortable or super uncomfortable, depending on their relationship in the situation. Yeah. So man, for me, I, I would have want to, I wouldn't necessarily want to have met this person, but I definitely would have wanted to be like a, maybe a, 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 an everyday carry of the person. Like um, I, I would have want to be like maybe a fly on the wall for like a, a, a Ben Franklin. Cause like the, the stories about that guy, you know, all the things that he invented. And then, you know, he was just, he was just out doing stuff like that guy was just living or at least so is portrayed all the stories about him. Right. Um, he traveled, he went to France, he went to you know, wherever. Right. And he was always meeting people, shaking hands, kissing babies, um, going all out, man. And that would have been cool. Maybe, I, like I said, not to meet the guy, but just kind of hang out as a, a character in the in the sidelines. I wonder if I think you misquoted. I think what I've read about him is that he kisses hands and shakes babies. Well, I mean, yeah, he's kissing stuff and shaking hands. I mean, shake, shake, <laughs> don't, don't shake the baby. <laughs> um, who else, man? I think uh, I also Plato uh, all day. 
You, yeah, for you. Now, would you want to meet him or would you want to be like a, a bystander or like a, a character amongst his his group? No, I'd want to meet him and I'd want him to absolutely use the uh, uh, his his platonic method of conversation to get me to realize how stupid I am. Okay, so it's going to take that dude to get you to realize that. Wow. Well, Plato, huh? Just only Plato. Greatest minds uh, ever. Ever. Did we get to go back? I didn't realize we could. Yeah, yeah, I didn't either. Oh, well, I didn't know this was I mean, oh, okay. Yeah, it's what it, it, I mean, wherever. I mean, you're here. Uh, if I got to go back, I would take another uh, um, user of the platonic method. I'd like to go meet Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I could know for sure, it would probably answer a lot of questions about um, religion, at least Western religion today, because he could just tell me like. I, I think it would be completely what? different. It would be complete. His message yeah. would be completely yeah. different from what is taught today, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, in, in, in different in different sects of Christianity. But, you know, I think his message, his initial message is is pretty clear. And I think if you scrape past the muck um, and live that kind of that kind of life about treating others uh, appropriately. I think you're a long way ahead. So what do you think you would get out of that conversation, Joseph? I'm like, what, you know, you, you talk about asking about religion. What, what is it that you would, what would be one of the questions that you would ask? First question. Yeah. Is it for real? Like, yeah. You were just born. They didn't even know none of this. Like, I mean, how did he answer for that? Real? Like, be like, yo, for real. Like, that's your dad up there? Is that, is that like the real thing? And then, you know, of course I want to ask him about his actual beliefs and his teachings and why he believes the things he believes. But I think that would be the first question because it would be like, I just have to know. I mean, yeah, the stories are a bit like out there. You know? Well, sure. I mean, this is a miraculous. So, I mean, I say amazing thing. doesn't happen very often, but that's a pr- pretty amazing thing. But that's been, you know, fucking right after. Now, you know, so after I, th- I listened to the Bible the first time, the thing that, you know, and I don't want this to sound sacrilegious or anything like that. But like after him doing all of these miracles and people still not believing, you know, if he had a catchphrase. Yo, man, y'all have, ye have little faith, right? That would be it. <laughs> you know, he's like, how many times do I got to do, you know, he's like, I, I can't do this forever. You got my juices running out, guys. Uh, you know, it's just like, well, you know, he did, he did say those, those that believe in me that haven't seen the acts that I've done uh, and yet still have faith are the greatest uh, among my father kind of a deal. Yeah, that's wild. You know? And then. The fact that he, you know, according to the Bible, every time he performed a miracle, he told them, do not tell anyone else, knowing good and well, they're about to go run and say stuff, you know. So I did the same thing. He had a great I I think, you know, it was a great grasp on, uh, you know, that psychology of the day of the times. I think that stands. I think that stands today, quite frankly. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I'd want to meet. I'd want to meet Gandhi too. If we're going to go down the spiritual path, and then whoever whoever came up with the concept of uh, whatever Buddhist came up with the concept of Zen, uh, because I think that 
I think the 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 Zen way of life is very much how how Christ lived. I think there was a lot of that in him. Um, you know, I think there's something pure and 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 natural and true about living your life in that way. That uh, I think in these modern times would really help us all out a lot if we would just get a lot off of our shoulders and stop worrying about every little thing and stop being butthurt about what somebody said on Twitter and just, you know, follow our path. Yeah, man, that, that's wild. Um, golly, anybody else you want to like, who would you take a lesson from if you could learn something from someone? Just go down that one. Descartes. All right. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to hang out and listen to Descartes for a little while. He was a very influential mind in, in the concept of government and politics and in the way of life. Hmm. Not Locke, though. A lot of people like Locke. I think Locke was a punk. Um, I, I disagree with I, I th- the problem is that Locke's and Locke's <clears throat> um, words and philosophy have been twisted and abused in order to manipulate society versus Descartes was used as a bedrock and a foundation of society. Hmm, right on. What about you, Joe? Uh, I mean, like, of course I'd like to meet some philosophers, but at the same time, I feel like their level of intelligence is way beyond my comprehension. I don't know if I'd be able to just talk to them like person to person about philosophical things. But I've always been, you know, a fan of Sartre and Kierkegaard. Um, like my life, I modeled my life more out of existentialism um, more than anything else. So I'd like to talk to them, but at the which same is, time, like, which I don't is, know. Which is why you're not truly passionate about any one thing. That's probably why. Yeah. That's, hmm. also, that's also the way of Zen, baby. Keep it even. But yeah, they're probably too smart for me, to be honest. I don't know what having a conversation with them would actually be like. Hmm. You know, here's here's one for you guys. I was thinking the other day, like I just mentioned in a conversation to someone, uh, four different um, actors that I think probably aren't total pieces of garbage that I'd like to have a beer with. So if you if you picked some famous people uh, to, uh, you know, two or three to have a beer with and hang out and have a good time. Who would be who would be on your your bucket list of, of famous people to hang out with and have a beer? Dead or alive? No, we'll go alive. We'll go with this alive. Is twenty. Yeah, we're living in COVID. Let's go alive. God, if we went dead, <laughs> you're dead in the herd, man. If, if we, okay, well, we can go dead too. We can go dead. Too. That just takes us back quite a ways. Oh, there's too many dead people. Uh, there's yeah. too many. Yeah, there's too many dead people. It's twenty twenty. All right, you go first then. Your topic, okay? Uh, I think it, I think it would be awesome to have beers with uh, Chris Pratt because I find him hilarious. Uh, I think Anna Kendrick would be fun because she—I don't know what she's like in real life, but in all of the shows I've seen her in, she's like this spunky gal. She's always got a quick comeback. And uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ryan Reynolds also because he seems like he knows how to have a good time and he's a funny guy. And I, I just appreciate hanging out with funny people. Comedians are probably 
a good choice to go with, you're probably always going to have a good laugh at the very least. Exactly. You think so? Like, you don't think those folks have to turn it on and then once they get home, they're just no. done. I like, think comedians are naturally born funny and then they uh, craft yeah. it into a profession. Yeah. I think or I think comedians, whatever people skill. that are they're comically gifted or just that way all the time. I mean, yeah, but you're talking about someone that okay, so right, so they love to be funny, but at the same time, their their job is to be funny, so they have to turn it on to ten to really get the chuckle out of folks. Well, I get that, I get that because you know I, I love Tom Segura; he's one of my favorite stand-up comics. And he is hilarious on his standups. And then if you see him on somebody's podcast and he's just talking, he's not nearly as funny. I mean, he's funny, but it's not delivered in the same way. It's not some. Uh, it's not uh, something he's perfected time and time again talking in the mirror. You know. I mean, I'm going to disagree with Frank. Like, if uh, I don't know, I'm not really a food person. What's a famous chef? Gordon Ramsay, right? If I'm going to come over to his house, I'm still going to eat his food. Like that's, that's true, badass. Like he's not going to turn it down. Like yeah, but what old. if he showed up to his house and he had like a hungry man dinner? He's like, dude, I'm done. I'm you know. He's like here. He has a hungry I hungry man dinner. And probably like twenty five year. Tell me about all the different God. tastes in this hungry man dinner <laughs> that I missed. It's <laughs> it's probably going to be. He's probably going to add some. He's got thing. lean cuisine chicken nuggets. And <laughs> I mean, he's just like, dude. We're just hanging out. Here's here's a beer. Here's a blue moon. I got zero oranges, and if you complain, just leave. You know, I, I could imagine that would be when you go over to someone's house that you're a friend of. You know, are we talking about you're friends with these people, or you're showing up as a guest? You know, like no, you I won a contest, and I'm a guest. And I would absolutely whatever. be be best friends with Chris Pratt, and. Um, if he, if I don't he, think he would be friends with you, though. I think he would because he um, likes to hunt. He likes America. Um, he, he and I would get along. Yeah, we'd have a good time. Okay. I think he, I think he's better at working out and getting fit than I am. But uh, I think, I think we would be best friends instantly. Oh my goodness! You, <laughs> you're all of a sudden now like on, a the, creeper on the right cast now, of, like one of those yeah, you're on the cast right of now. Step brothers, like we're best friends. Right now. <laughs> Me and you, you like you clap hands and do like the '80s bro handshake. Yes, absolutely. As soon as we, our eyes locked, I knew he yes. was the BFF. <laughs> it would it would probably be more like the Top Gun high five, where you hit high and then hit low. Oh no! You're running through the water from the rocky scene where they're working out, <laughs> and then they hug. All sweaty and oily. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would be me and Chris there, Pratt. There's a lot of oil on the beach, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yeah. The fish, fish oil is fish serious. Oil. Serious. Yeah. Right on, right on. Okay. What would y'all, who would y'all hang out with? Um, man, I, I would definitely want to hang out with the chef for sure. Um, which one, man? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but he's going to give you freaking Hungry Man dinner. Yeah, don't Because he's out tired. With that guy. Yeah, but those dudes can drink. Like they're they probably know some of the best sommeliers out there. Well, he's and, dead. I can't. Oh yeah, I can't right. Throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you killed me on that one because that would have been my go-to. I like. I would have been. I would have hung out with that guy because I mean the travels that he's gone on, the stories that he could tell. I mean that that would have been. I mean, golly, that would have been amazing. Um, who who else is in your is in your party? 
Uh, let's see, who else would I have? Um, what was that guy that was in? Uh, if you can't remember his name, you can't hang out with him. Oh man! No, no, the, totally, no! I'm just the, getting a hard the time. guy from the guy from Goodfellas, the um, uh, the one that had like you know he's kind of beating everybody. He has a real sinister laugh. Um, the little the little guy? No, the, no, the no, tiniest. No, no, no. Uh, the guy that the guy that sells catchy. the guy that sells tequila. The guy that um, he had that really cool Monte Carlo. He always wears those those uh, light brown leather jackets and damn near every movie that he's in. Um, God, I can't think of his name. Anyway, I bet you he's got some pretty cool stories. Yeah, um, that one guy. <laughs> that one guy. <laughs> that one guy with there. The he got in that some, movie. He's, he's got good stories, yeah, man. It's probably fun. Uh, who else, man? Golly, I don't. Rick Moranis. I don't know. Uh, hang Rick out Moranis. with that guy. I don't even I mean, know. I shrunk the kids guy. Uh, <laughs> the guy that got punched the other day. He got punched. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he got punched in the yeah. back of the head for whatever reason. Yeah, some punks tried to beat him up. You don't beat up Rick Moranis, man. Yeah, man. He'll come back with a ray gun and get you. Are you um, talking about Ray Liotta? Yeah. yeah. Ray Liotta. Yeah. Yeah, man. Ray Liotta. Okay. That guy looks like he could flip a switch and some shit gets started quick. Yeah, it gets ended quick with Ray. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else, man? Um, um, Toby, I'll bet you want to hang out with Toby Maguire because he was. I don't even know Spider-Man. who that is. What does he do? <laughs> he was he was the first Spider Man. The first? Nah, nah, I wouldn't hang out with that guy. Uh, oh, uh, that Wozniak guy from Apple. I bet you he's a quirky guy. I like quirky people. They make me laugh. I would be around people that had these just crazy quirks because I have quirks of my own and that it would just make me laugh. You can't laugh at people's quirks. Well, I'm not laughing at them. That would make me laugh. So I'm laughing with them. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess that sounds mean now that you it does. It. And it, it's just I, I didn't think that. And I don't think you have any self-awareness, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Judgy Eyes. Uh, I'm like, dang, I had to think about it. I was like, oh, yeah, that is mean. God. But it's it's really not because if you can't laugh at people, then what what is it all worth? I mean, I'm not being mean laughing at him. I'm just like, you know, I'm sure he has like a tick or something or some crazy story about some party that he went to where he just shunned everybody because they wanted to talk and he didn't, you know, just like, Oh man, I feel you. That's funny. Joseph yeah, people are, they have fun personalities. I would say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Joseph, like who, would, yeah. who would you hang out with? You, you had one night on the town to play some darts and drink some beer. I don't think this person plays. Well, he probably he may, uh, James Harden. I think that he probably parties pretty good. He knows what to, how to get down. I assume I've seen some of his performances in important games. He probably went out the night before, so he probably yeah. hit me with like step back bullseyes. How'd that work out for him this year against my Lakers? Though? Oh my god, it's too soon for that. Okay, my bad. <laughs> so that's why I haven't even watched any of the uh, the finals because I'm still salty. You're still salty. Yeah, this is usually what happens. I tend to have a hard time watching. How do how do you feel about them letting go of D'Antoni? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm indifferent about it. It just depends on who we get next. The system was cool, you know. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, I wasn't big. They're fun to watch on the no center. 
probably could have helped us a lot against the Lakers, you know, if we had someone that could have stopped them from just getting into the paint. And... Pretty much any anybody over 6'9"? Yeah. What if they moved into the triangle? That would never work for that team. That team no, would not be yeah, able to play not. the triangle. That's the only thing I know about basketball, other than they throw <laughs> a ball into a hoop. So no, that book that I, I read about I thought it was a good night. I thought it was a good system, but you're right. You've got to have in the playoffs. You got to have some big bodies. If yeah. you don't have that, you're you're never going to progress in the playoffs. I mean, I give them credit. Like it takes a lot to experiment like that, especially the way like the whole statistics analytics. Mm-hmm. We're going to go all in with this, even though watching y'all miss like. 23s like just fucking take it right the the hard thing for me watching the rockets this year is i honestly feel like russ westbrook is a better player than harden but he was uh subjugated to a lesser role and you know and the rockets play through harden that's what they do and i honestly think that the team would have been better if they played through russ i think russ is a better player i don't know uh, I, I don't know I like Harden better. So are they trying to play money ball with basketball? Yes. 100%. Yeah. Well, yeah. They want okay. full send on that, like, mm-hmm. completely, even when things aren't working. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Harden is just more overall, like, well-rounded. He, he's a better but, scorer. He's not a, you know, he's probably actually a better defender, which is odd to say. Uh, but the passion and the, the passion and fire in, in Russ, Russ. Yeah. This is what's missing from Harden. If I could just get that into Harden, we'd be to go. If I could bottle Russ's passion, man, I could sell that and make some money. (laughs) What are we? Are you? uh, What are you drinking? There's some uh, some rose. What is that? Central Market Organic Italian Soda Ruby Red Grapefruit. Wow, that That was really long to say. I like I like grapefruit. It sounds like heartburn to me. Are they supposed to pay me for that, for saying that? No, but we're trying to get sponsors. So yeah, send, send our podcast over to them. Maybe they'll sponsor us. <laughs> they'll throw you a hot nickel next time they see you. Or at least Here. a free one. That'd be nice. Here. And, and, and uh, for my homeboy, James, if you want to send us some money to advertise your Bravado Spice company, um, I'm all over it because I love the product. Bravado Spice. Put it on your meat. And it will taste good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the their next thing. advertisement, man, right there. <laughs> they do. He did, did it. He does like uh, videos on YouTube and Facebook of making food with his uh, with his hot sauce, and he'll make these incredible, elaborate uh, meals. And it's like, oh, we'll just put a you know a, a teaspoon of of this burn your asshole fire hot sauce in this thing. Because every other thing that they've got, it's like you have to really use very little of it or else it overwhelms the entire meal. But this crimson hot sauce is, man, I could drink it. It's so good. What do you, so what kind of stuff are you cooking with it or what? I put it on, uh, I put it on steak. I've put it on, uh, I put it in pho. I've put it on tacos, eggs and sausage, eggs and bacon, anything, anything with eggs, it goes, goes with. Just about anything you want to put hot sauce on, that that's it right there. I've given up almost every popcorn? other hot sauce. I'd put it on popcorn. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Should you put it on fish sauce? That you, you thought know, was miso? You know. Oh, I knew. Hey, you know what? I knew we no, were going to get there. I knew we were going to get there. has to be thrown out there. No, I knew it was going to happen. I knew it was going to happen. I'll let uh, you tell it because it's an embarrassing story about me. But if you tell it wrong, then I'm going to have to chime in. 
Well, we're, we're, we're eating at a pho restaurant, and uh, Shane always likes to make your mom jokes, which is cool. I don't not really any, have a problem with it. Not anymore. You kind of broke me on that because <laughs> you really did. Like, I stopped doing that because I thought you were joking when you said your mom's dead after yeah, so, me making mom jokes because that's what everyone always that's does. That's what most people will say, yeah, to try to make you feel bad. Right. I just, so I, I did it 18 more times until Frank was like, dude, no, his mom's really dead. And I'm like, oh, I'm the biggest asshole. <laughs> And so I never that, really cared, but I knew that eventually once you found out, you would probably feel devastated. That's why I never really I like – I did. Like I get hurt. I just was like, okay, whatever. And then one day, you'll get it. No, I but did. in any case – We know. had that conversation. I think I came to you and was like, by the way, <clears throat> I want to tell you how much of an asshole I am. So <laughs> you asked really him to tell the story, and then you cut him off midstream – and you, you, you. So you're the heckler at the comedy club right now. I am. Okay. He, okay. He had he had to like turn left in Albuquerque now because he doesn't have a story. <laughs> okay, Joe. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so good. Go Bring ahead. It back. Uh, oh yeah. So we're eating pho, you know. And as we have explained about Shane's propensity for mom jokes, he made another mom joke, which I, you know, was like, okay. But I was like, you know, I'm gonna get him this time. And so uh, we, ordered, we ordered some egg rolls or something, and it comes out with fish sauce. So everyone gets like their own little bowl of fish sauce. Um, if you don't know what fish sauce is, it's a sauce made from fermented fish. It's really salty, but it smells – I don't know. You may like it. Most people don't like the smell of it. It's delicious. Um, delicious. It is, it is delicious, but as a sauce, not really as something that you would take by itself. And when it um, hits your skin, it stays. Yeah, and it'll stay there forever. You'll just smell like it. But in any case, yeah, um, Shane uh, thought it was something else. I think he thought it was like a soup. And he asked me if it was a soup. And in my head, I was like, this is the fucking moment. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, it is a soup. And uh-huh. then I just sat there and watched him as he slowly put it to his lips. And the first, I could tell the first little uh, taste of it, I could see it in his face as in, this is an unusual, not what I was expecting, soup. <laughs> I thought, I th- yeah, I thought it was a soup because they brought it out to everybody. And sometimes in Vietnamese restaurants, they'll bring you a little bowl of soup. And they'll do that in Korean restaurants too. And I was like, oh, we, they gave us a little soup. I was like, hey, hey, Joe, they gave us some soup. He was like, yes, they did. Mm-hmm. And, and we were I, all watching too. Oh yeah, oh. I took a big old gulp. Oh. It wasn't just you, a sip. I took a yeah. giant gulp of that, and it took me a second for my brain to recognize what was happening. I was like, "That is fish sauce." I want to say too, wasn't it a uh, like it was a company sponsored uh, outing too? Because like everybody was there, uh, the whole crew was there. I think it was just uh, one of those lunches that Emily took us to. Yeah. Well, I mean, company sponsored, right? But it was a good – I love a good practical joke, and I think that was your <laughs> crown, crowning moment um, to get me oh, back for being goodness. a prick. And I, It was uh, good. Those situations I, I don't it, just happen. You know, it just fell yeah. into my lap that day. I was like, wow. Oh, man. This is, I think it was good. I guess amazing does happen. <laughs> I think well you made amazing happening that day it was a chain of events that just yes, yes it is happened to happen perfectly i think it was awesome um it doesn't discount from the fact that i can beat you in foosball but it was a pretty good day 
Yeah, I'm not very good at foosball. I wonder whatever happened to that foosball table, man. I don't know. I was we, sitting at Jeremy's house or something, or maybe we wrecked there. that table, man. Oh, it was wonky by the time oh. we were done with it. Dude, I was watching so many YouTube videos, and I was like, I'm gonna buy one of these tables. And then I realized I have no one to play with here at home because <laughs> right. my kids aren't tall enough to to play. I'm barely tall enough to play. Look over the ball. I played my son. <laughs> A couple of years ago, and I wrecked it. I absolutely demolished oh, him. Man. I gave you him would do that. Too. I gave him no mercy. <laughs> you have to. No mercy whatsoever. I was like, "You're acting like it's your first day, son." He was like, "Oh my this god, this is the first time I've ever played." You're over there throwing peanuts and popcorn at him. Get it? It's like no an innocent spinning. way to teach you know the harsh realities of life. Yeah, you got to learn early. All right, let's let's butterscotch on to the next topic. What do we got there, Franklin? Cool. cool. All right, man. Well, this is going to be one for both of you guys because I don't have any tattoos, but I will talk about a tattoo that I considered getting early on in my twenties that I just never went through with. But okay, talk about your tattoos. Um, you know, if you want to talk about the significance? Granted, no one can see them, uh, but you know what you got. Why'd you get it? Well, Joseph has the most tattoos out of all of us. And I feel like, you know, I'd like to think every one of them has a story. And I've always been curious about uh, what the story is behind uh, the different tattoos that I've actually seen. You know, I know you have some underneath your shirt and everything, but I've always been curious what 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 the meaning is uh, for you and or where you were. Sometimes it's just about being where you are, and you know, that that time in life and you've got that specific tattoo. So what's up, man? Yeah, um, I'm not like one of those meeting people that get tattoos for meetings, really. I just get them because I thought they would look cool, and I liked it. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Like, I don't, I don't know. It feels like sometimes people get tattoos, and then they, like, make a meaning for it, you know, or, like, want to come up with, like, a really elaborate story or some deep meaning about it. But if I'm just being honest, like, I got it because I – wanted it and i liked it you know I, I like the look of a tattoo it looks cool like artwork on your body you know so my i don't really have much meaning and i get like tattoos like just for fun you know like oh i'm out and i feel like getting one so i get tattoos and i make mistakes like i got, like ugly ass tattoos that i definitely should have never gotten like uh this little one here it's so ugly what is that? It's a key, key on my wrist. I don't know why. I was that is just, the ugliest was, tattoo. Yeah, no. Were you and, in prison? Yeah, it looks like a prison tattoo. I should tell people <laughs> I got it in prison. Because I actually let my friend, who was an apprentice, do his first human tattoo. Oh, oh no. Wow. Mistakes, oh, no. you know? But the Damn. thing is, like, I, nowadays you could laser it off and stuff, but I decided to keep it to remind myself of making mistakes that's – you know, probably think things through sometimes before you, know, you that, just be like, that, hey, that sounds like it would be cool. That may be fun. your worst tattoo, but that may be the best story of all your tattoos. That's yeah, probably. probably is. Yeah. What's a, okay. What's, I know you have a giant giraffe. Uh, uh, our, our listeners can't see this. We, we are Skyping kind of on video. So show me this giraffe and, and tell me what's up with the giraffe. Oh, yeah. The giraffe here. Oh, I thought it was on your arm. Oh, yeah, so did I. Oh. So this uh, is actually a fish oh, that's that a fish. looks like a giraffe. So that's yeah. not a giraffe. I thought this you had the... a giraffe on your arm. <laughs> I have an octopus. Oh, dope. Yeah, an octopus. and Because it tastes good? Yeah. 
No, I think they just look cool. And they're like just cool animals. Like I like animals. So I'm a friend of animals. So I could have sworn you had a giraffe on, on one of your uh, biceps or something. No, I thought about it, but then I'm thinking about a dolphin instead. I'm not- Shut the front door. I'm, <laughs> man, I'm going to punch you right in the mouth. <laughs> Through the internet, I'm going to punch you in the mouth. Uh, we have dolphins, to- though. But, I make yeah. I, I, he's making a joke about me because every time we talk, he goes, "Don't you have a, a a tattoo of a dolphin?" And I say, "No, I'm not a 13 year old girl." Every time, <laughs> dolphins are just the for 13 year old girls. They're also for 48 year old women in landlocked states that wish they were on the coast. Yeah. Well, I mean, who doesn't like those what, folks? What other tattoos do you have? Um, I have a what is now a guns rights tattoo even oh. though i don't really there you go about guns rights like i'm not a, a gun enthusiast but i got it because i was in san antonio and we were like let's get a uh, a san antonio themed tattoo that's a good one and now i get to have mm-hmm. nice conversations with two a supporters which is fine i don't really care like, someday someday you'll grow up and become enough a man to uh to uh you know own some firearms it'll be okay You'll yeah. get there. It's that, that you Someday. got the tattoo to precipitate becoming uh, a true Texan. It'll be okay. Yeah. That would be hilarious if the three of us went to a gun range and you think this of Joseph, but he picks up random pistols and fully auto and semi auto guns. And he is like the best marksman of everyone there. Uh, including, well, you know, the sixty-year-old person that goes there. I'm a, I'm a horrible marksman. I tried. Not, I'm not only so tried weak, to tell the story, and then you killed caliber. it, Joseph. small caliber one. Not only that, he would probably not pick up a fully automatic rifle because that is actually not accessible in the United States of America. But the semi-automatic, like an AR-15 or something, you'd be able to pick up and. I can teach you how to get it done. Anything is accessible in America if you know where to go. Anything's accessible in Russia. Let's hear from Vlad. There you go. Speaking of Russia, <laughs> I kind of wanted to get a, a Draco. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But What? Just because? or Yeah, just because it's fucking cool looking. I mean, I don't have any intention of really using my gun ever, really. I don't, because I'm not like, I don't. I don't get that uh, feeling of power or whatever, you know, like I, it's cool to shoot them sometimes, but I don't really intend to use it. It's more of like a look at this. You're, it's more like it, it's more like a mantelpiece. It's like, hey, yeah. look at this cool thing I have. Yeah. And I guess in the case, if I ever really needed to use it, it'll probably do what my intention is, was really just to go away, like get away from me. You know? <laughs> I hope, I hope that that would not be the motion. I know that our, our going listeners, in a full circle, our, list, <laughs> our listeners can't see, what Sorry, you can't see. but he basically did a full circle. like a, like a Sylvester Stallone style in old eighties movies. Um, I'm going to let you know, that's not the way you're going to hit anything. I would just try and go straight. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to, that's the thing. Like I wouldn't want to really want to shoot someone. I just want to scare them off. Like, you just want to scare them off. That yeah. would do it. The circle method would do try figure eight. I'd probably end up like hitting him like all you eight shots on accident. Like for her. Sorry, I guess hers can be threatening too. Yeah, hers can be threatening. I mean, yeah. We don't wanna we don't wanna be sexist on this uh, podcast. But I hope right. that they never comes. <laughs> but if you don't know what a Draco is, Frank, it's basically just like a mini AK forty seven looking gun. 
Oh, okay. so they're they're really cool. Yeah, they're really cool. It's just like a pistol that looks like an AK, and it's just a cool thing to look at. You're like, oh, it's a yeah, it's a semi-automatic. I think it shoots a. You know, I don't actually know what it fires. I want to say it's a nine millimeter, but I don't remember. Does the magazine load from the side or from the bottom? That's from the bottom. It has the banana clip from. <clears throat> okay. Dang. So, Frank, what uh, tattoo did you almost and then not get? So, in my early 20s, uh, when I moved to Houston, uh, there was a tattoo shop, like, I don't know, a couple of blocks away from the apartments that I was living in. And uh, <laughs> there was this tattoo that I always thought I wanted, and it was an eagle. And I would want the eagle for, to go, its wings to go from shoulder to shoulder. On the front or the back? On the front. On the front. Ooh, okay. Um, and then to have its claws holding, you know, the snake, kind of like a Mexican flag kind of thing. You know, one holding a snake, the other one holding the cactus. But instead, one holding the snake and the other one holding a wrench because I was really into working on cars at the time. I, and I still love working on cars. Um, but I just thought it would be like crazy and then like have something inside the eagle's beak, you know, like a dollar or something dumb. That sounds full um, El Guapo. Yeah, dude. Uh, it would have been it would have been rad, man. It's, so like a, it's <laughs> never too late, Frank. It is never too late. My skin's already all crazy and wrinkly, so that would be a waste of money. Well, I guess my tat I've got two tattoo stories my first tattoo was a question mark uh i was in my 20s i was in college i went to hawaii to visit some family i snorkeled uh on the black sand beach of the big island and saw some tortoises and i got sunburned and i had mentioned to my aunt that i wanted to get a tattoo my first tattoo while i was out there and then I didn't think much about it. And then on the last day, she was like, oh, we've got it set up for the tattoo parlor. We're going in at like 3.30. I was like, oh, I hadn't really even made the choice, quite frankly, that I was going to. I had just mentioned it would be cool. So she took me over and I wanted to get a question mark because I was all about doubting Thomas. And uh, biblically, I thought that was a really relevant figure for where my life was at at the time. And uh so I got this tattoo, and the guy, the guy was a big burly, burly dude there on the big island. And I was, I was probably, I probably weighed 120 pounds soaking wet. He was like, this is going to hurt, son. I said, okay. And I took off my shirt and I had a, a nipple ring that I had gotten on my 22nd birthday because of a friend of mine, uh, which I do not recommend that, by the way, to any of our listeners. It's a poor choice. Um, and so he saw that and he said, Oh, you'll be not only that, but you let your friend talk you into getting a nipple he, ring. He, he had a nipple ring. He had nose ring. He had earrings. He, his roommate worked at the shop and he was going to hook me up for free for my 22nd birthday. Okay. So I was okay. kind of pressured into it. It hurt. It was bad. I'm still processing that, <laughs> yeah. that nipple ring. Yeah, that yeah. whole sentence there. Yeah, I know it, it seems really bad. It seems you unlikely. Was it? It was the single. You into it and it hurt. It. <laughs> it was kind of like prison sex, but so I went and got this uh, uh, tattoo of uh, on a fresh sunburn in Hawaii of uh, a question mark. And then, of course, every time someone saw it, I had to explain it. You know, there, as you were saying, Joe, you know, a lot of people have like meaning behind their tattoos. And I got tired of explaining it. I was like, this is the worst tattoo ever. 
I've got to explain it every time anyone sees it, you know, and it just got old. And so for my 40th birthday, my wife, uh, because she knew I wanted to get a cover up over that tattoo, she kind of helped talk me into going and getting uh, a tattoo that might be more meaningful. And uh, so I went to this guy, Oz, his name is Oz up here, kind of around the woodlands. And he gave me a tattoo of a whale and a bird, which once again, too much meaning behind it. But uh, it was based off of a Tom Waits song, Fish and Bird, which is probably one of my top five favorite songs ever, even though the friend, honestly, that talked me into the nipple tattoo said that's the most depressing song he's ever heard in his life. But that's what I've got now. Wow. Dolphins are fishes, right? Dolphins are not fishes. I think no. the porpoise the porpoise is the fish and the dolphin is the mammal. Dolphin's right? the mammal, right? Pretty sure dolphin dolphin's a mammal. I know a whale is a mammal. I'm confident about that. Uh, is does that count the, the whale tail? Is that also where does that fall in? Well the the tail is part of the whale, so it's also part whale of the mammal. Tail. Right. Did you talk about uh, piercings? I had both my ears pierced, my eyebrow, and my Ooh. nose pierced very, very short, short time. Uh, I had my lip pierced, um, got punched in the mouth and found out really quickly that that does not agree with the gums. Uh, so that came out in less than probably six months. You went, but, you went full tilt, Scott. <laughs> Yeah, Lip Biscuit was heavy rotation at the time. You so. leaned way into it. Yeah, man. You even yeah. I see I see the influence now, the Fred Durstiness of this. Mm. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. You're like the uh, you're you're like the I'll never look at you the same. You're the Hispanic <laughs> Fred Durst. Oh my god, man. Yeah. So crazy. Talking about bad, poor, poor choices. My kids see the holes in my ear and they're like, what happened to your ear? And I tell them, you know, like I, I used to have. You, didn't, uh, you didn't have gauges, though. You just had earrings, right? No. Yeah. I tried the gauges. My roommate had double zero gauges and good grief, man. You get close to him. I guess he didn't clean them very often, but it kind of smelled a little funky. It smelled like old belly button lint. <laughs> See, I can't get behind gauges because that's not something that's that's reversible enough, you know. <clears throat> I mean, you could probably cut them off and be fine. Oh yeah, you just cut half of your ear off, and then you look like you don't need it. it doesn't do anything for you. Just people flick it whenever you're fooling around. I guess. Nibble on the earlobe. I don't know. You can't do that when you have gauges, man. I don't I was, even know how to respond. It's like just <laughs> I don't look at it with your finger. Like, I don't even like know that. how to respond to like any that. of that. Oh man. <laughs> okay, hey, let's man. let's butterscotch. What <laughs> what's up next? I don't know. Whatever you want to talk about, man. We've ran through the stuff, but there's still man, you're so Joseph and I also shared an office for at least two and a half, three years of the time that we worked together. And man, this this guy is is interesting. We've had some great conversations too about books, and you know he, he talks about philosophy and things like that. And uh, man, I just like, what are you reading these days? What are you doing with your free time, man? Uh, yeah, so. 
ever since the pandemic, I've been like burning through books. Well, audiobooks mostly. Um, I don't know if that counts, but I'm on a science fiction tear. Uh, thanks, Tim, one of our other old coworkers. Um, shout out to Tim. He uh, recommended Neuromancer to me. By oh, yeah. yeah. And ever since I read that, I've just been reading sci-fi almost nonstop. Um, I went through like a whole cyberpunk phase. Right now, I'm doing like the post-apocalyptic thing because it's what we're living kind of, kind of gets it into the mood. Um, what was the last one I read? Uh, the Book of M. It was okay. Uh, one I think was pretty good was um, A Boy at the End of the World with His Dog. Or a dog and oh god, I fucked that up. Is that is that the name of the book? Yeah, it's like um, a boy and his dog at the end of the world or something like that at the end of the world. Huh? Uh, what's that about? That's exactly. <laughs> what it's about. Yeah. So yeah, um, right now I'm reading Mother Code. It's okay. What's that about? Would, uh, the premise is pretty cool, but then I didn't get like attached to the characters. Um, it's a virus that basically wipes everyone out, and they, the last scientist, programs some robots to take care of the next generation of humanity um, on Earth, and that's basically the story. So, yeah. but but you're not feeling the characters. I didn't like get attached to them. So like one of them died recently when I was reading, and I was just like indifferent. Isn't that the worst though? Like you get halfway through a book and you realize you really don't care about what happens to the characters because yeah. none of, none of them speak to you. The writer has not um, created a, a world that really you know captures your empathy, and you're like, okay, you know, I kind of hope they all die at the end. Yeah, I'm literally I, like only ten percent left, and I'm having trouble even just finishing it because I just don't care. Like, I'm like, all right. I've probably stopped reading at least 100 books because halfway through I realized I didn't care what happened. Like, this, the world they created was good, but the story they created was dumb. I feel like that about a lot of, like, the older science fiction books. I don't know if it's just because I can't relate to whatever they're you know, talking about that time. The world building is really cool, but like right. a lot of times, like I just don't connect with the characters. I should learn from you and just like start, s stop reading the book. Yeah, just I always like power through. I'm like, I gotta finish it. I was that way. <laughs> I, was, I was that way in my 20s. I would read everything, even if I didn't like it. I would be like, no, I have to finish it. Just like watching a movie. I would, I would watch the whole way through. Uh, I'm old enough that I'm like, you know, I've only got so much more time on this earth. I'm not going to finish this. And I feel like if someone wrote a biography about my life, someone would probably give up on about page 10 and be like, you think they'd get that far into it? <laughs> I'm reading that insert in the front. I'm like, nah, I don't yeah, know. I don't really care about this guy. Yeah. He's useless. Picture, like on the insert, Shane, you're like, these guys are too judgy for me. Yep. Guys are yep. too judgy. I don't want this book to judge me right now. I'm just going to put it back. <laughs> When we all know Frank is the actual <laughs> judge of all judges. Negative. Negative. What about you? Have y'all been reading anything lately? I haven't. In my in my COVID time, I've just been burning through Netflix, HBO, Hulu, and uh any other streaming that I that I can watch. I've been you know, if I'm not if I'm not working on the house or doing laundry, doing chores, 
going to work, then I'm absolutely being a complete couch potato. So we had uh, Tom Tom Mungia on the show. Uh, you know, he was like our guest number. What was he number five? Uh, and he talked about Jaws. You know, it was a great movie. I had never seen Jaws before, so I was like, man, let me let me take a listen. Uh, so I listened to the book. I got halfway through the book, and then my wife was like, I can't believe you've never seen the movie. This is crazy. She's yeah, like, let's just, just watch the movie. It's a classic. Oh, it, well, I mean, I know that now. It, was, it wasn't bad. Um, so I, I watched it, and, you know, uh, so many little um, sayings that I've heard in other shows and, you know, just little euphemisms – I guess it's sprung from that movie, which is, you know, like that's some bad hat, Harry, you know, like you hear that at the end of shows. Um, and then, you know, the, <laughs> I missed, like I had to go get up to make popcorn during a part of the movie. And it was where they're talking about uh, swimming with bow legged women. And I'm like, <laughs> ah, I missed it. And so like, I had to go back and I was like, I made them rewind it for me. And like, I'm watching it and waiting and like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, Tom, Tom's in my head right now. And I'm like, maybe I can explain this to him. But I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, it's an old sailor guy, you know, uh, I couldn't imagine the life that that guy lived. Um, you know, he told his story in the movie and, and all that and kind of how he became a, a shark fisher fisherman. And I get that was pretty wild. It was a good, you know, it turned out to be good, but you know, I guess with everything they make a movie from a book, there were so many things missing from the movie that I had heard in the book. And I was just like, I don't remember that from the book. And of course, you know, they have to cut like 500 pages out of the the book to make the movie. Yeah. And I don't have much time. I don't know if Jaws really holds up to today, to today's standards. Um, when I was a kid and I watched it, I was scared to death. Um, but I think if I showed my kids that movie, they might think it was boring. It's not real enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they had some pretty good special effects. I mean, they did that, for, uh, for the day. Yeah. I mean, even, even now the special effects that they had, even though you could tell, you know, it, it was um, it was made out of necessity, right? Because they didn't have the electronics to make the special effects. I mean, it's right. pretty good. Like that it, shark it looked was, for real. Like it would have jumped on the back of that no. boat and ate somebody. Yeah, it wasn't CGI or anything. They were real special right. effects. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, man. And... Um, Let's see what else I've been reading a bunch of random stuff on audible as well. Um, I was pulling up my library to take a look. I like, I like how you said you were, you've been reading stuff on audible instead of you've been listening. Well, I mean, I've heard so many people argue about this too. Like you're, you're listening to a book, so you're not reading. So you're cheating, you know, I don't think that's true. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, what do you say? Like, I, I read the book, but I listened to it. Like, I I consumed the information that I would have scrolling with my eyes, but with my ears, and I still got the same thing from it. 
Right. And maybe um, you have a maybe maybe you have a hard time reading. Maybe you need to because you're dyslexic. I don't I don't judge. That is true. I mean, every time I listen, like your voice gives me dyslexia. Every time I hear it, it's like <laughs> my voice gives like dyslexia. my eye goes cross and I'm like, did he just really say that? And so yeah. like I have to I have to rewind a couple of times and listen to it. Like, you know, I don't know about you, Frank, but I have the hardest time. I mean, I respect any of our listeners for sticking with us because <laughs> I have the hardest time listening to us uh, on a podcast, you know, once you post it, because I I think, wow, you know, Frank sounds good and he sounds uh, intellectual and knowledgeable and I sound like the village idiot. And I, mean, I, I, I just have to. Right. You certainly sound like the village asshole. I wouldn't say the village idiot. Well, I'll take I'll take that because that's true. I pride myself on being the village asshole. Shit's got to come from somewhere. Usually from the mouth, and then it flows down, and then you know there's a tube, right? It starts <laughs> in the mouth and ends at the back, and that just goes. That's how life works. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So uh, on top of Jaws. I didn't finish it. I got halfway, and then I was just like, "Man, uh, have you ever have you ever tried to read um, uh, any any of uh, Thoreau's stuff?" No, no, I have I haven't gotten there yet. Most of the stuff that I consume is like um, I wouldn't say self help, but self progression. I was reading a, a book called Counterclockwise. Um, you know, I, I read the history of caffeine and, uh, coffee beans. That's cool. Uh, that was pretty interesting the way, um, how it actually started. And then for a long time, it was illegal to remove it from where they grew it because of, uh, some King. Where and in then, Ethiopia? No, it was even before that. Um, before Ethiopia. Uh, apparently, um, well, I can't remember it cause I've slept several times since the book, but there was a King that had it on lock and, uh, a couple of folks went in there as guests and removed a couple of the, uh, twigs from the tree or whatever, and smuggled them out of the country in a wet napkin. Um, and wow. yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And the, the plant, what's that? They had napkins back then? I get a, a handkerchief. I don't know. <laughs> um, a wet cloth. Um, so they um, they brought it back to their their country and they planted it. It, was, it barely survived, and they're you know, hey, we got coffee now. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, it was just pretty interesting. Uh, pretty interesting read. And it was really short. I think it was like uh, an hour and forty five minutes. It was a it was an interesting read. It took me an hour and forty five minutes to listen to it. See, once again, right? <laughs> the 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 brown uh, the chocolate starfish that is Shane comes out at the most opportune moments, right? Um, I, 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 what do you what do you say, right? I don't know how you say it. I just want to point out that I think it's funny. Well, right, it is. Uh, I just don't know where to go after that one. You say I finished it. I finished it. I, I, listened, I, I I read the whole thing. I absorbed it and then I burned it in the backyard. But you you finished uh, the Tao of Pooh in the Day of Piglet, right? Yes. Yeah. I got How, the physical copies and the 
in the audio. in the audible. How did you like yeah. those? See, I always I like to I like to read and or listen to those uh, once every couple of years. I think they're fun. Yeah, I, it was one and done for me. It was good. It's just not something that I have to go back and reference continually. I guess. See, I think if you did, you might pick up something new the next time. Because it, it speaks to you at different stages in life. Kind of like Zen in the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, kind of like the Bible. It kind of hits you in different places the, 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 at different ages. I can see that. Maybe I will give it a go. Try it. Check it out. For sure. All right. Joe, you got anything else, man? Uh, yeah, I keep on plugging Audible, so I'm going to plug something else. <clears throat> go for it. Y'all should get Libby. It's an app by the public library system. So as you just have a library card and you can get audio books, uh, digital books for rental, you know, like just like you would if you went to the library, but you just rent it on your phone. So just in case y'all are interested, it's free. You know, it's a public library system. Um, so, yeah. It is. It is and it works. But sometimes you have to wait for yeah, a book. Um, like good, like you know, popular ones. They don't have everything, but you don't have to pay for yeah. it. So if you need access to audiobooks, you can get it there. Libby, cool. Yeah. Um, I haven't read any Thoreau, not like for fun. Usually, when I read uh philosophy, I don't read it through. I generally will read like a chapter and then stop because it starts hurting my head too much and then i'll read something else and i'll come back later i'll just I, it's kind of dense sometimes you know yeah no it is i don't sometimes you just sit there and you read a paragraph a hundred times until you get it and then you're like wow i got through page one and that was really just one sentence this entire paragraph that's fucking amazing how did you even write one sentence that was an entire paragraph <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I I find for me, anytime I read any of the classics, I'm I'm utterly bored by page one hundred. It just doesn't capture my attention, um, except maybe where the red fern grows. Uh, that one, you know, I can get through. But almost all the other, you know, classics that they have you read in high school and college, I just it's just painful to get through for me. You know, one of the classics I just went through was uh, Flowers for Algernon. I don't know if they made y'all read that or not in high school. No, what's that about? Flowers for Algernon. Wow. So it's, it could be classified as science fiction, but it's really a lot more than that. It's about um, basically someone with a lot of mental handicaps. Uh, he enters a program where he gets um, basically super intelligence, right? It's like an experimental drug or treatment or surgery or whatever. And it's basically written through his point of view as like uh, journal notes or progress notes. And so you can, the writing starts out like very simple, very like I have mental handicaps, right? And then it progresses through and just describes his change in his mind as he becomes smarter, what he starts to realize. And it really highlights a lot about people with mental disabilities and how they're treated by society. And this was written like, pretty far it's like you know an older book you know um but a lot of the things still hold very true today about how we treat uh people with mental disabilities um 
Wow. And it's just basically that journey that he takes from being mentally handicapped to becoming basically smarter, the smartest person in the world. And uh, so it's a great book. It's really sad. I haven't like cried reading a book ever, except for that one. So wow. I feel like I feel like that may be the story of my life, but in reverse, where I start out smart and then I just slowly deteriorate into the dumbest person on the Your your mother's your mother's milk was your one sixty five two hundred IQ, and then right. as you were removed from it, you your brain began. Right, to I've 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 only become dumber as I've grown older. <laughs> um, I've definitely not become wiser. Man, well, you know, you, talking about that book, it it sounds closely based on, or or Limitless was maybe based lightly on that book. I wonder if there are any similarities. I want to I want to check that out. It sounds pretty interesting. <clears throat> I mean, Limitless is more like a what you could do if you were smart kind of deal, right? Like this one's much more of like a a personal growth book. Not like in terms of greed, I guess, or like what he wants, right. or it is about what he wants, but it's really like a. I guess limitless is kind of like a limitless would be like maybe you know. the, the 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 pop candy yeah. version, yeah, yeah. Exactly. which was which was a pretty cool movie. I yeah, did, I didn't I read the book. Yeah. I thought the movie was awesome. Yeah, I, I didn't even know it was a book. To be honest with you, I, thought, I just thought it was a movie. So yeah, I, I thought Frank was lying just now, but. I can see his face on the video and I'm pretty sure he's not. Oh, I was talking about the movie. Oh. 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 Nah, I mean, there's a book, check it out. Yeah, for real. But, it, I mean, just the premise, you know, right? This guy was an average average uh, intelligence and then stumbled. Have you guys ever read uh, – uh, I'm sure, surely you've read Brave New World, right? Yeah. Mm, no. Frank, you need to get on that because it's pretty cool. Uh, Joseph, of course you have, because you know you're a human. And yeah, yeah. I mean, do you, I, I I see so many. You know, I, I've read read Brave New World a few times, and I always see some kind of connectivity with our modern age versus a book that was written in shoot was it like 1958 or something. I mean, it was. I feel like maybe, maybe 62 Fahrenheit. 451 is like similar dystopia, yeah. but in another sense, like a, the opposite sense almost. Right, right. Yeah. And I feel like kinda, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I put nineteen I put nineteen eighty-four in that in kind of that vein where it's kind of predictive of our modern society. That was a good one. It's short. Yeah, it's pretty short. Yeah. I didn't mean to say something that sounded intelligent. I apologize, guys. It wasn't, so you don't have to apologize. Okay, good. Okay, that's good. <laughs> there you go, thinking again. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. No. All right, well, cool, man. Let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for hanging out tonight, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for, for our. I, I just want to say for our three to five German listeners, we really appreciate uh, the time that you spend with us. And if you would like to send us um, some German beers to sample on air and we can uh, taste test them, um, I'm all for it. So just uh, <clears throat> leave us a comment and let me know. Someone's going to send us Wampus and <laughs> I'm not drinking it. <laughs> all right. Have a good night.
Peace. Say it. Bravado Spice. Put it on your meat and it will taste good. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's their so next good. advertisement, man, right there. Okay. So I was okay. kind of pressured into it. It hurt. Shit's got to come from somewhere. <laughs>